0: Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome back to Unbothered. Your host, Josh, here today. I'm going to be talking about the Baltimore Ravens, New Orleans Saints, Monday night football game. Josh Allen and his elbow injury. Should he rest until healthy? Should he keep on playing? Frank Reich is out as the head coach of the Indianapolis Colts. I react to that. I get into my top 10 NFL teams halfway through the season, right now, after week nine. And then I'm going to talk about college football reacting to some of the big games from this past weekend. And then tonight, new edition of the college football rankings, college football playoff rankings. Will the committee make amends for their mistakes last week or will they continue? But I give you my top ten regardless how I think. The top ten should align how it should play out. Tonight, going to get into all of it. Great show. Let's start with the Baltimore Ravens and the New Orleans Saints. I thought the New Orleans Saints could win this game. In fact, I picked them to win in an upset, tough environment to play in New Orleans. I thought the New Orleans sort of found their defense. Against the Las Vegas Raiders, they were playing complimentary football. I analyzed the loss to the Cardinals. And Andy Dalton's, you know, two pick sixes away from pretty much winning that game. The Bengals was a heartbreaking then They beat the Seahawks. Vikings lost in close fashion. So a lot of their games have been close. I thought it would continue. But no, this was the worst the Saints have looked all season, offensively and defensively. And conversely, to me, this is the best the Ravens have looked offensively and defensively all season. So when you have that matchup there, one team playing their worst game of the season, another team playing their best game of the season, the result of last night's game, 27-13 Baltimore, is one to expect. Let me start with Baltimore. Baltimore look great. They run the football as good or is better than anyone in the NFL. They had 188 rushing yards, I believe, like all season long. Uh, they've averaged over 150 uh, rushing yards, if I'm not mistaken, or it might be from the second game. Uh, against the Dolphins. So it might be eight games, might not be the Jets, but it might be like eight games or something like that, where they have rushed for a hundred and fifty yards in a row. That's that's tremendous to be able to do that consistently on good defenses. We think the Saints have a good defense they can stop a run. Yesterday they were quite incompetent in doing that. The Ravens were able to do it on the butt. the Browns, the Giants, the Bills. The Ravens have had their way with teams. And to me, this team is getting a lot better. Uh, Lamar Jackson uh, was good last night. He wasn't great. He did miss a couple of uh, key throws, a bad throw to Likely and a couple to Robinson as well, so he did have a few bad throws. A couple of those could have been touchdowns. So I'll give him uh, a B minus grade. But some of his other throws were great. His reads were great, and then just taking off and running the football. And New Orleans could not stop Kenyon Drake when they needed him to. Lamar Jackson on the ground last night, uh, and then defensively, Baltimore the addition of Roquan Smith did pay dividends for this team being able to, you know, operate in space, tackle Camara That was big uh, for this defense as well. And they did a good great job of pressuring uh, Andy Dalton. I believe the past two games, Andy Dalton did not take a sack. Last night, that changed. He was sacked. Uh... Let me get the correct number here. I believe it was four. Yes, four times uh, he was sacked, especially on third downs. That's big. Uh, they were terrible on third downs yesterday. Their third down efficiency was 3 four, eleven. 11 It was bad. Uh, nothing New Orleans did was great. Uh, first half, their drive late in the second half after a two-minute warning. They were driving. Uh, Andy Dalton overthrew a wide open receiver in the end zone. I think that's where it really took a turn because you could have been at halftime fourteen to seven, but you go on fourteen to three because of that overthrown football by Andy Dalton. That's four points off the board. Those are just four big points. Crucial mistake there uh, by Andy Dalton, and then from there. Uh, the defense was downhill, the offense still couldn't get anything going until a uh, touchdown late of a game, which was a sort of meaningless. Baltimore didn't even try defensively on that play, so it just didn't look good from New Orleans uh, from start to finish. And that's what we're starting to see here uh, with their quarterback play is they need to find a legitimate, quarter, legitimate quarterback that can play. Jameis Winston, he'll suffice for a few games, but he can't last a season. Same thing for Andy Dalton. He'll suffice for a few games, but you can't get a full great season out of him. Taysom Hill is just a gadget guy. He's not the quarterback. He's not the solution. So New Orleans, you know, was a team that had talent. They were a quarterback away, and now since Drew Brees retiring, they've not been able to find that quarterback that can come in and make plays, steady the offense, that is still something the New Orleans Saints are desperately searching for. They haven't found it yet. And they're going to need to, if they want to salvage their season at all, if not enter into sweepstakes for a Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, a Will Levis, Hendon Hooker, uh, Put your name in there and see which one you're going to get. But Baltimore's peaking sort of at the right time now, and New Orleans is slumping at the wrong time now. Great win by New Orleans. Uh, I mean, great win by Baltimore. Lamar Jackson, this defense. Justin Houston was exceptional last night, pressuring the quarterback sack, the interception as well. Uh, Defense really stepped it up last night. The addition of Roquan Smith was telling, and New Orleans just couldn't get anything done on the offensive side of the football. Their defense was out there too many times, gassed on third down. They would convert. uh, Just bad play all night, all around uh, by New Orleans. uh, Superior team there. And Baltimore, again, great win uh, for the Ravens, especially now as the schedule it gets a lot easier for them, easiest remaining schedule in the NFL. Now, moving on to Josh Allen, he's being evaluated for a right elbow injury, uh, possible ligament nerve damage, and there. So, we're still evaluating, not much has been released on that, other than that, his rookie year. He had the same injury, uh, which caused him to sit out four games. This is a huge loss for Buffalo, especially at this time, uh, especially for the next four games that he's out, because they have a critical game against the Vikings this weekend. The Vikings were red hot, 7-1, and one, going up to Orchard Park in Buffalo. This is a big game. Uh, For Josh Allen, then after that, they play the Browns. And the Browns can run the football. Uh, You ain't paying attention. They'll upset you. Then they play at Detroit, and Detroit's a much better home team. Thanksgiving game, big game there. And then their next game after that would be the Patriots in New England Thursday night primetime game. So that's a big game before, uh, you know, Jets big divisional game and then against the Dolphins as well so the back half of the schedule to me they really need Josh Allen it's big that they've already got you know head-to-head wins over uh the Chiefs and the Ravens and the Titans those are big wins but they need Josh Allen uh I'm for sitting Josh Allen if that means he's going to be 100% if this is just something minor uh I don't want him being plagued by this because if Josh Allen's at 75% further dinged up, there goes your Super Bowl chances. Super Bowl favorites, chances, hopes, dashed right then and there. The Buffalo Bills need Josh Allen to win football games and to stay pace. So it's really, you know, it's a bad situation for the Bills to find themselves in. Because I look at the Chiefs' schedule, uh, let's just analyze the next four games like I did for the Bills. They play the Jaguars. I expect the Chiefs to win. Then in uh, Los Angeles, Chargers. That'll be a tight matchup there. Rams, not the team we thought they were. I expect the Chiefs to win. And Then at Bengals. Uh, that's this is their toughest stretch before the uh, game after the Bengals gets much easier against you know they still play the Broncos twice, Texans. So. The next four games for this team are crucial. Ravens, as well another team they're keeping pace with. Like I said, easiest remaining schedule for them. They get the Panthers, Jaguars, Broncos, Steelers. Easy. So if I'm the Bills, I'm hoping that, hey, let's sit Josh Allen. Is it ideal? Absolutely not. But I need Josh Allen's arm. To keep me in games uh, and to win games, so I sit him out. You know, four games. Let's hope I just go two and two in those games. Uh, there, let's say I lose to the you know Browns and the Patriots. Uh, I get him back. He's healthy. Jets. There's a revenge game factor to it. The Dolphins' revenge game factor. Bears, the Bengals would be the toughest test there in Cincinnati last Monday night football game of the year, and then the Patriots, this time it would be at Buffalo. So that's kind of my play, hoping, hey, I go 2-2, two and two. hey, maybe the Chiefs can go 2-2 two and two, or at least lose one. Uh, the Ravens lose one, so I'm still in the thick of things for that number one overall feed, because if I can rest Josh Allen, get him healthy for that home run stretch in December, as well as In doing so, retain my position for the number one seed, uh, the only first round buy. That is huge because if you think your logic is, let's keep them in, 75, 80%, get slowly dinged up, I get the first round buy. Uh, You know, that extra week off, it'll help, but it won't be as beneficial as, you know, the next three, four weeks. Uh, to prevent furthering this injury. Uh, getting them healthy, I think, is the best. And to me, you also have to look at the backup. We have a competent backup in Case Keenum, who obviously has the connection there with Stefan Diggs, a Minneapolis miracle. So you've got that connection there going. You've got Gabe Davis. You've got weapons. You've got a defense you can rely on. So if I'm the Buffalo Bills, this is not an easy pill to swallow, not an, e- any, an easy decision by any means, but i go with let's sit Josh Allen, let's rest him, let's get him healthy because it's more important to me to have a 100% healthy Josh Allen towards the end of the season than having a Josh Allen that's going to be plagued by this injury, throwing interceptions. I don't want him to throw, so Bills do the smart thing. In arrest Josh Allen. Next, the Indianapolis Colts fired head coach Frank Reich. It comes a week after uh, they fired their offensive coordinator, Marcus Brady. So now they have brought in Jeff Saturday as the interim head coach, and congratulations. Uh, to Jeff Saturday, former Colt player, Colt center in the Colts ring of honor, beloved there uh, by the Colts community. I don't think he's going to be, you know, come in in this, in this interim sort of tag and set the world on fire. I just don't, especially with this offense. And, you know, a good offensive line. But Jonathan Taylor has been dinged up. Is not the running back he was last year. Quarterback issue there. Matt Ryan was the guy then they benched. Sam Ellinger. Who knows if uh, Jeff Saturday will keep that instituted. Or if he'll go back to Matt Ryan. But if I'm Jeff Saturday... Uh, And the Colts, I'm having a sit-down conversation, like, hey, is this, you know, the final eight games? Is this more? Uh, And really have a conversation with Jim Irsay, because the owner, Jim, wants to win football games. He wants to be relevant and wants to win. And to me, you can't win with Matt Ryan. We've seen that story in Atlanta the past few years, uh, ever since the injuries to Julio Jones, the Super Bowl. Uh, failure. Matt Ryan was never the same guy and Shanahan left, so all those factors there doomed Matt Ryan. So he's much older now, much worse. Sam Ellinger, to me, young kid, uh, but he's not the guy. He's not as a high-ceiling type of guy. I'm not sold on Sam Ellinger. I'm convincing him, hey, Let's watch this season. Let's go out. Get Bryce Young. CJ Stroud, a bona fide college star that could maybe turn it around. And to me, it wouldn't be that difficult to sell it, especially with the slate of games coming up. Uh, Raiders, uh, who knows what you'll get from them. Eagles, that'll be a tough game for the Colts. Uh, Steelers, you can win that. Cowboys will be tough. For them, the Vikings will be tough. The Chargers, then they finish off with the Giants again, tough. And then the Texans to end the season there. So, hey, you're in the conversation. You have a top ten pick. You could very easily get your quarterback. And that's what I think the Indianapolis Colts should be focused on. It shouldn't be focused on. Let's go out and win some games because they're not going to be competitive. To me, the AFC South that's the weakest division, and the AFC whoever comes out of that division uh, will get that fourth. Uh, see get the first, you know, game at home their playoff game, and they'll lose that game. The other teams in the AFC to me are much better. The Bills, the whole AFC East is better than any team in the AFC South. Give me the Bills, Jets, Dolphins, Patriots, you know, over the Titans. Colts, Jags, and Texans. Same with the AFC West. Uh, I like Kansas City more than any team in the AFC South. But Chargers as well. Uh, Denver, you know, that's if you maybe the Titans. And same with Las Vegas, maybe the Titans. So there you have that. AFC North, definitely give me Baltimore and Cincy over any teams in the AFC South. Cleveland's a tough one. Maybe Tennessee over. And then Pittsburgh is a bad team, but this Colts team is not going to do anything against any of these teams in the NFL. Colts were my pick to win the division, swap places with the Titans, but Indianapolis, they were just inept. Hopefully uh, just Saturday, if he really wants to go out there and win games, he proves it. He does that. I don't think that's a smart move. I think it's sweepstakes time uh, for a real quarterback that you can build around long-term, and none of this stop with the quarterback carousel getting tiring there in Indianapolis. Next up, Rashawn Gary has a torn ACL out for the year. Big loss, big, big loss for a, a bad team in which is the Green Bay Packers, Rashawn Gary, focal point of that Green Bay Packer, pass rush, getting after the quarterback. So to lose, uh, Rashawn Gary against the Lions and what I think was your, uh, fourth or fifth straight loss of the season. Not a good look. Uh, for the Green Bay Packers uh, to lose him when you've already uh, are dealing with Devondre Campbell's injury as well in the linebacker position, Packers defense uh, due to injuries looking much worse. Running the football, you can do on them, uh, passing you can do on them, but defense is not as stout as I thought it was going to be. There's been a regression. There's been a couple of injuries. So they lose a big-time talent there in Rashawn Gary. So if you're a Packers, you're hoping, hey, can we turn this around? Can we do something? To me, Rashawn Gary was a focal point in doing so. So they're going to miss him immensely. Big, big loss for the Green Bay Packers. Now when I look at the Green Bay Packers' schedule, you look at their injuries, you look at just you know Aaron Jones. Dealing with an ankle injury, he's limited in practice. You just look at this team, things are just not going right for the Packers. Also, Romeo Dobbs went out against the Lions, so injuries have been piling up for this team. There's still no continuity on offense, on defense. Packers are going downhill, and they're going downhill very, very Fast, more downhill than any other team I've seen go downhill uh in a year's time. They get the Cowboys coming up. Packers historically, Aaron Rodgers historically, has owned the Dallas Cowboys. He is seven and two against the Dallas Cowboys. Uh those two losses the first time was the first time he's played. Uh it was like his third or fourth game. I'll give him that one. The other one against the Cowboys Uh, had a calf injury, uh, couldn't quite move, so he had those two losses. But other than that, Aaron Rodgers has done a great job of just embarrassing and humiliating of the Cowboys, loves history as well. That was made known against the Bears, counting how many victories they have against Chicago in that series. I think this is a game Aaron Rodgers would like to step up, would like to win. But I just don't know if he can do it. I mean, his body language on the sideline. Uh, I don't think he's fully involved with this team. At least this this version of this Green Bay Packers team. I think he would like to switch spots with somebody who has experienced receivers. Like a Josh Allen who has a Stephon Diggs. A Tom Brady who has a Mike Evans. Another other weapons out there. But here they go. Uh, schedule. Considering that the Packers don't look as good. Uh, Cowboys. That pass rush can get after anybody. Uh, Titans. That'll be a close one. Uh, who knows what to expect from the Titans. Who knows what to expect from the Packers. Eagles. Eagles will be able to run on the Packers. That was, to me, a big game circled earlier in the season. That looks like that could be a wash right now. Bears, Rams, that was scheduled to be a big game. Major playoff implications later in the season. We're not getting that. Dolphins, uh, again, later in the season. We're not getting a game with playoff implications. Vikings, Packers will pretty much be out of it by then, and the Lions, both teams, could be out of it by then. This Packers team is depleted. It looks tired, it looks exhausted, not a good team, not a good roster, and I don't see them doing a lot or much of anything, uh, frankly, uh, moving forward. Now time to give you my top ten teams in the NFL. Uh, Thought about this a decent amount. Uh, how to place each team. It was tough to do, tough, tough, tough. But here we go. I'm going to give you my top 10 teams in the NFL. Let's start with number 10, the San Francisco 49ers. Why? Well, to me, they have one of the best rosters. Uh, In all of the NFL. Uh, However, they've dealt with a lot of injuries. Records reflected of it 4-4. I have to take that into account. But San Francisco has been very, very good. Win healthy, winning games that they need to win. Their defense is number one. In yards allowed, that's big as well. Nick Bosa has been tremendous defensive player of the year candidate. Fred Warner is the best linebacker. In the game, they're also, I believe, six and points allowed. Generate a ton of pressures, a ton of sacks. This defense is really good. Uh, offensively, this team has missed Trent Williams for time, extended period of time. Devo Samuel, George Kittle, they're able to be 4-4. Four and four. They traded for Christian McCaffrey. That's a big game there. Just had a bye week, but San Francisco... Very good football team, and to me, record is 4-4, four four, but watch out down the stretch. 49ers are much better second-half uh, team with Kyle Shanahan at the head coach position. I could see this team sneaking up there into my top ten and really be the biggest threat to come out of the NFC when it's all said and done at the end of a regular season. I got the Niners at 10. Number nine, the Cincinnati Bengals, Uh, a team that has been owned by the Browns. Bad loss there. They come back and win against the lowly Cincinnati Panthers. I still like to see a larger sample size without Jamar Chase. This is why I kind of have them number nine right now. And no Jamar Chase. Yes, Joe Mixon had a career day against the Panthers. But this offensive line to me is still shaky. They'll have great days like they did against the Panthers, but they'll have days they look bad like they did against the Browns, against the Saints, uh, the Cowboys, the Steelers, as something that can still hold this team back. But other than that, I like Joe Burrow. When Jamar Chase is healthy, that to me is the best quarterback wide receiver duo in the NFL. T. Higgins. Tyler Boyd, they can make plays defensively with Trey Hendrickson. Awuzie, a cornerback of Von Bell at safety. Team is loaded there defensively. If the offense can get healthy, if the offensive line can protect Joe Burrow, that's where I like to see this team. Number eight, the Baltimore Ravens. This is a team that's looking really scary right now, if you remember last year. They were eight and three, lose Lamar Jackson, don't win another game, a lot of bad calls too by John Harbaugh. Now they're six and three, top their division. They've already beat the Ravens once, and they do not face a team with a winning record until the end of the year, which would be the Cincinnati Bengals and Cincy. Very much of a cakewalk schedule for them. However, this isn't college where Ohio State's playing in Toledo and George is playing uh, Arkansas State, and it's going to be a wipeout no matter how you slice it. These are paid individuals, so the Ravens have a better team, a better roster than the Panthers, than the Jaguars coming up. It's How will they perform against those teams? If it's a loss, is it a close loss? Did you still do things right? Or did you revert back? Did they stop you? To me, the Ravens, I like when the... To me, the Ravens should have the division wrapped up by the t- time they play the Bengals. Just p- being completely honest with you. When you look at the two teams there, uh, slotted, like I said, Ravens don't play a team with a winning record until uh, the Bengals are at the end. Bengals, however, play the Titans. They play the Chiefs. They play the Bucks, the Patriots, the Bills. It doesn't get easy for the Bengals. If the Bengals somehow keep it close with the Ravens for division, win by final game, they deserved it, they earned it, that would be big for them. However, I don't know if I see that happening with that schedule shaping up. Again, that's why I have Cincinnati at 9, Baltimore at 8. I respect the head-to-head win. uh, And the better record by the Ravens, and the Ravens looking a touch bit better as well. And Justin Tucker's been making more kicks than money Mac has made i got to put that factor in as well. But like I said, Ravens beat the Bengals. I honor that spot. Who beat the Ravens? I honor that spot. Oh, the Miami Dolphins. They're there at seven. And this team is also, they look really good to me. Uh, Tua talked about Super Bowl aspirations. You know, we don't shy away from that. Well, hey, congratulations, because this offense looks good. Tyreek Hill is on pace to have 2,200 receiving yards, first wide receiver ever to hit that 2,000 mark in a regular season. Uh, that would be a tremendous accomplishment, a fantastic feat. I hope he does it. He's played great. Uh, you know, Tyreek Hill, I mean, Tua, great passer rating. Uh As well, he's leading the league in passer rating, leading the league in QBR. He's been great. Uh, Even balls that he underthrows, Tyreek just has a knack to, you know, come back to it, make a play on it. Jalen Waddle, opposite Tyreek, has also been fantastic. This offense is very diversified, very motion friendly, very Tua friendly, and it's helped out. However, I do have concerns about their defense. They went out and got Bradley Chubb. However, that didn't stop from Justin Fields setting the record for most rushing yards in a single game by a quarterback. Uh, right there, Miami escaped that one. Uh, I like to see their defense shore up, but that offense is legit. Number six, another team that beat the Ravens and is really good, 6-2. The New York Giants. I'm not sleeping on the New York Giants anymore. Uh, They are a good team coming off a bye week after a tough loss to the Seahawks. But Saquon Barkley looking like the comeback player of the year. He has been uh, really good uh, third in the league in rushing. Uh, Daniel Jones, to me, is not the guy. But he hasn't played like the Daniel Jones that we've been used to seeing the past three years. This is, to me, the best version of Daniel Jones That we have seen, however, I'm still scratching my head of the Kadarius-Tony trade to a contender such as the Chiefs. Either I use him or I trade him to a low-life team like the Steelers or the Bears. Uh, Don't want to give a team any more firepower. I'm surprised about that. And also the defense as well for the Giants has done good. Brian Dable has turned this team around. Congratulations to him. New York Giants are sitting there at number six. Time to get to the top five. Number five, the Dallas Cowboys. Offenses looked efficient enough. Are they great in the passing game? No. Uh, I don't think CeeDee Lamb can be the number one option. I don't think he is a number one option. I don't think they have a number two option. Ideally, you had the setup last year. You had Amari Cooper at the one, perfect one, perfect two. CeeDee Lamb, perfect three. Michael Gallup or Cedric Wilson. You get rid of a one, you slot people up. The passing game takes a hit. The running game has been good with Tony Pollard. Zeke splitting snaps, which I like. Defense has been superb. Micah Parsons, another defensive player of the year candidate. Demarcus Lawrence. Trevon Diggs has honed it in and passed coverage a bit more. Doesn't get beat as much as we saw him get beat last year. The defense for the Dallas Cowboys is playing really good. Uh, has really propelled them. That is why they're there at number five. Number four, can't ignore it, won't be a stubborn. The Minnesota Vikings are sitting there at 4-7-1, and and however much I don't like it, however much I call Kirk Cousins, Con Artist Kirk. Could he shed the label? Could he shed the label that I've given him and have called him for so many years, Con Artist Kirk. We'll see. Toughest stretch here. For the Vikings, but so far seven and one. Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen. Just added TJ Hawkinson. Legitimate threat if he can stay healthy in this offense. Big defensively. They haven't had to really battle any injuries. It's an older defense, especially in the secondary. No injuries. Luck is on their side on that one. So Vikings seven and one. Been playing complimentary football. A lot of close wins. They're grinding it out in one score games. Uh, They've won every one score game they've been in, uh, opposite of what they've done last year. But like I said, now we'll know. We'll know by December who the Vikings are. Playing other teams I have high the Bills, Cowboys, Patriots. Big games coming up for the Minnesota Vikings. Let's see if Kirk Cousins is ice Kirk Cousins, which we saw in that plane, or is he still con artist Kirk? We will find out in the biggest games. That's where you earn your money. That's where you earn the respect. Number three, this is really, to me, where it separates here. Uh, Number four to number 10, arrange any way you want. But to me, there's a very definitive top three. Uh, Three, Kansas City Chiefs. Great win over the Tennessee Titans, which I thought would be a grinded-out sort of win. And Patrick Mahomes was phenomenal. 68 uh, uh, pass attempts by Patrick Mahomes in that win. Uh, Running the ball as well as scrambling when Patrick Mahomes was your leading rusher because this team can't really run the football, and that's something that concerns me. Teams don't respect the Kansas City Chiefs' run game. Uh, you have to respect, I think, Patrick Mahomes because he had took off six times for 63 yards. Clyde Edwards-Alaire, four carries, five yards. Pathetic. Isaiah Pacheco, five carries, five yards. Pathetic. They even had to throw McKinnon in there. See if, hey, can he have a high end? No, three carries, four yards. The Kansas City uh, rush uh rushing attack, very limited it is not that good. Teams don't respect the running game by the Kansas City Chiefs. That's why they're bottom 10 in the league. So I'm worried about that. But they do got Patrick Mahomes. They got Travis Kelsey, best tight end in football. There's no arguably best tight end. He is tight end number one across the board. And then defensively, Rush, a defense has been good. Chris Jones, uh, Carlos Dunlap can get their Uh, Rushing or getting after the quarterback. Another area of concern for the Chiefs is their secondary. A lot of high pass rating you can throw on them. So those are my main two concerns is a one-dimensional attack of the Chiefs as well as the pass uh, defense of their team. But other than that, Kansas City has been elite. Number two, the Buffalo Bills. Another thing that plagues a great team, much like the Chiefs, no run game, no ground game. They don't have that effective unless it is Josh Allen. Josh Allen has been super mad for this team, has been the dominating force. But as you see against the Jets in this loss, there's also reason that they lost. But Josh Allen, to me, is still the best quarterback in the NFL right now. Give me Josh Allen. He's been terrific. And defensively, Buffalo, still sound. A little concerned about the ability to run on them. But pass defense, they're really good. A Tredavious White slowly getting back into it. Von Miller has been terrific. Uh, the rotation guys, Gregory Rousseau. Uh, Matt Milano was out also in that But he's been one of the best linebackers, really making a name for himself. So, Bills team, still great, sitting there at 6-2. and The number one, still the lone undefeated team, is the uh, Philadelphia Eagles. And to me, another high key point of separation here is, you know, you have high point differential with the Buffalo Bills. Highest in the league at plus 102. Uh, meaning they score way more than you score. Same with Philly. They're plus 90. Uh, look at some of the other teams below those two. Dallas, plus 50. Kansas City, plus 54. Uh, Cincinnati, plus 43. So two teams really separate themselves there. Philadelphia is one of them. Play action, they've been great. Uh, with Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts making reads not turning the football over. But this defense also getting a ton of takeaways. Secondary is just ball hot. Darius Slay establishing himself again as one of the better corners in the league. Big play Slay that Moniker has returned. The addition of Robert Quinn. We'll see how that helps him in the long term. But this Eagles team, they are eight and 0 Can't knock them for that. Uh, there you go. That is my NFL top 10 how we see it, how I see it, halfway through the season. Next up, let's talk about some college football. So to me, I narrowed it down, and there was really three big games on this past week between ranked teams, and I got two out of the three right, so I felt good. Uh, The one I got wrong was Tennessee, Georgia. Uh, The line was heavily on Georgia. But I thought, hey, Tennessee is the underdog. I like Tennessee. I like this offense. They've been great. Uh, but I underestimated this Georgia defense. You really, To me, you had the number one offense in Tennessee going up against the number two defense in Georgia. But maybe metrically, you could probably put Georgia one, considering all the stats. The number one defense is Illinois. But if those two shaped up player-wise, talent-wise, all that, you probably have Georgia there. So... You had two great forces going up against one another. You had the Georgia home crowd got onto to it more, and I thought they would. Stetson Bennett as well played better than Hendon Hooker, and I can't believe that I mean, I'm saying that, that he actually did that. But Stetson Bennett outplayed Hendon Hooker. Kirby Smart outcoached Josh Heupel. Uh, Georgia, great game plan. They executed it. At Tennessee. Looked lost early, A ton of penalties, one of the highest penalized teams, most penalized teams in college football. That was on full display this week, on uh, um, this past weekend. Uh, Georgia, huge, huge win there against Tennessee. They have the best win in the country. But I was right on two of the other big games that I picked outside of that one. Alabama, LSU. I said, hey, Alabama, they've had a tough sled in road games. They lost to Tennessee in a road game. Uh, They went to Texas, won by a point, tough road environment. They're going into LSU, Death Valley, and everybody was saying, oh, Alabama can go in and beat them. Alabama has more wins at night in Death Valley than LSU does in this whole series, but I thought, You know, LSU's playing really good. Brian Kelly's been coaching good. Jaden Daniels, I think they can do it. And there you go. Jaden Daniels was terrific in that game. Bryce Young was Houdini-like. But to me, Jaden Daniels outplayed him. He was more efficient. He was better. To me, Bryce Young had the one critical mistake, and that was early in the game, uh, driving on LSU through an interception. I think at his five-yard line, which was in the uh, end zone, uh, critical mistake there uh, really kept that game close uh, early. In LSU, uh, just played great. Great play call by Brian Kelly, going for two in overtime uh, to get the win there. So that was one you know I felt really good about. The other one I felt good about as well was I said Notre Dame is going to beat Clemson. Not only did they beat Clemson, they annihilated Clemson. It was 28-0 to at one point in the fourth quarter and 35-7 to in the fourth quarter before the final score of 35-14. Uh, Notre Dame dominating defensive effort, uh, special teams effort. Got a touchdown by the special teams, blocked punt for a touchdown. A uh, pick six, offensive touchdown. All three fe- phases were key in doing this. Uh, DJ Uagalale people have talked about his turnaround. Well, guess what? To me, he has not turned it around. There's nothing that I see where I say, hey, this guy has turned it around. I just don't see it. Uh, I don't know if it's just me. Uh, His completion percentage, 65, which is all right uh, this year. But the five interceptions are big. The pick six that he had, uh, Dabo even benched him, put him a backup. He threw an interception, that led to a touchdown. Uh, offensively, Clemson is all sorts of a mess. And I'm glad Notre Dame proved that Clemson were the frauds that I thought that they were. Again, great win there uh, by Notre Dame. But now I'm going to give you my top 10 college football teams right now. Tonight, we are going to get the next version of the playoff rankings. And if I was in the committee, this is how I would submit my ballot. Number 10, the UCLA Bruins. Uh, I think UCLA, you know, if we're going to annualize You know, some of the teams that I just had missing the cut, Uh, the teams that I just had missing the cut are Utah and USC. Utah has two losses, but Utah beat USC. However, UCLA handled Utah. So I've got to factor that in. That's why I put Utah at 10, or UCLA at 10, my bad. And when you look at the strength of schedule with USC, it's pretty much identical. USC at 64, UCLA at 66. Uh, but UCLA is still efficient offensively. To me, they're one of the best teams in the country. Uh, they're to me, maybe not as good as USC, but defensively, they're better than USC. So I put that uh, together. I have to put UCLA of uh, their 10. Their only loss is also to a good, uh, Oregon team who's ahead in my top 10. Number nine, the Ole Miss Rebels. Uh, This is a tough one here because Ole Miss has played really well uh, throughout the season here. Uh, But again, I looked at their resume, strength of schedule, it's a little worse uh, than UCLA by 167. So you have all those teams there. Uh, However, Ole Miss, to me, is more efficient than UCLA. Kind of overall, uh, offensively, Maybe a touch worse, but defensively, I'd rather have Ole Miss. I'd rather have the SEC battle-tested team. That is Ole Miss, and their only loss, again, is against LSU. And to me, that's a good loss, considering what LSU just did this past weekend. So I'd have Ole Miss here at number nine. I still respect the eight-and-one team uh, that they are, and that they have a big test against Alabama this weekend. Number eight. Is Alabama seven and two? Uh, how? Who would have thought that you know their season would be over? But it is. Their season's over. They you know had a tough schedule. Uh, hasn't really fared out for them. Considering they have those two losses. Uh, to me, they're a top ten, top ten offense and defensive team. Maybe it's on the lower end of the spectrum there, like. Ninth offense, ninth defense, when I look at it, the penalties take into account, the two losses I take into account, but it's still Alabama. Uh, they can still beat any team on a given night. If Those two games we saw LSU, Tennessee, if they were played in Alabama, we probably win. Uh, they're still a force to be reckoned with, so I had them there at number eight. Number seven, I had LSU. Uh, To me, LSU, they have a better uh, resume than Alabama, uh, considering the, uh, you know, FPI, the strength of schedule, like LSU is a bit more considering. Uh, LSU is one. To me, Alabama is much better ranked in terms of their offense and defense. LSU has that weird outlier loss at the beginning to Florida State. Both lost to Tennessee. So if I you analyze that head to head matchup, LSU beat Alabama. I gotta put Alabama there or LSU there at number seven. So that's my seven to ten. To me those were all close. So I went back and forth on seven to ten. I had UCLA up there ahead of Ole Miss Alabama. I switched it, so I spent more time on that than I think any of the other spots nailing down seven to ten. Uh Six and five, I had swapped at one point, but I figured this is how I'd have it. I'd have number six, Oregon Ducks. Uh, I think Oregon is a great team outside of that first week shellacking by the Georgia Bulldogs. They have really, really improved. They have a strong resume as well. They beat UCLA, who I have as a top 10 team Uh, offensively. They're a top, five, ten, te- top 10 team uh, defensively. They've also done uh, some great work as well. Handled a lot of teams with these. And I look at their remaining schedule. They still get Utah and Oregon State. So they might be really deserving there at the end of the year. I like Oregon. Uh, They're at number six. Again, their only loss is to Georgia. Number five. Another team that has a common denominator with Oregon, a loss to Georgia. That is Tennessee. Yes, Tennessee's loss to me was much better to Georgia than Oregon's. Tennessee had to go to Georgia instead of a neutral site, and Tennessee's margin was much closer than that of Oregon. And I still think Tennessee has the best offense. Yes, to me they faced one of the best defenses there. Uh, but overall, I like Tennessee's offense more than Ohio State. I like how Hinden Hooker and Josh Heupel operate on offense more. Defensively, they're good, however, not stout. They're pass defense, very suspect. And that was on display when Stetson Bennett made plays with his legs. That was another issue of concern uh, for Tennessee. And then the penalties as well. So a lot of things that they have to clean up. And that's why they're number five, but also ahead of Oregon. Because, hey, They have a win against Alabama, and they have a win against LSU. To me, that means something, as they have had a tough road, uh, one of the hardest schedules, if not the hardest schedule so far to face, and, you know, they only have one loss uh, to show for it. And I'm not going to penalize them for that loss too much. But, however... We're going to the top four. There's only four undefeated teams. So I'm basically ranking my four undefeated teams right now. To me, undefeated means something, especially when we're all good. uh, Starting with four, I'm going with TCU. Yes, the committee wants to knock TCU for being behind at halftime. But guess what? If you make halftime adjustments, that means something. Uh, You know, If you're down at half, but you come back and win by double digits like you do against Texas Tech, West Virginia, uh, Kansas State, Oklahoma State, Kansas, uh, that stretch there. When they beat Kansas, Oklahoma State, Kansas State, those were three ranked opponents in a row uh, that they won. Max Duggan, terrific quarterback, terrific offense. To me, they are the best team in the Big 12. This was one I missed on Sonny Dykes as head coach, uh, but TCU is great. I have them there at number four. Number three, I got the Michigan Wolverines. Uh, Debate there between three and two, but I'm going to keep Michigan there at two just because Ohio State's now win against Notre Dame looks a little better with Notre Dame's win against Clemson. However, if Ohio State and Notre Dame were to play right now, maybe in Notre Dame, that same matchup, night game, might like Notre Dame in that game, actually, right now, more than Ohio State. But Ohio State, again, one of the best offenses in the nation. You'd uh, see to me, it's a pick em, toss up Tennessee, Ohio State. I prefer Tennessee and what they do. A lot of people like CJ Stroud, Marvin Harrison, Trayvon Henderson. However, they can't run the football when it matters most, which I have a problem with. Defensively, they're a lot better than they were last year. So I have to respect them for that. And again, that win against Notre Dame going into Penn State and winning that game. is why well, I have Ohio State at two and Michigan at three. Uh, but I feel like I just talked about Ohio State more right now. Uh, but again, yes, Michigan at three there. One of the best defenses to me, top three, right there with Illinois and Georgia. Great defense offensively. You know what I'm going to get every week, and you just can't stop them. Good luck to someone who does play Corum. Heisman been to see. I should be going to New York. Another good resume. Uh right there. Your strength of schedule again. There with Ohio State, TCU, Michigan, not great. However, remaining strength of schedule, number five is they still play ranked opponents in Illinois and Ohio State. Michigan's done great. So again, my three's Michigan. My twos Ohio State. And my number one is Georgia. Uh, yes, they get number one. If you knocked off number one, hey, you get to be number one. They knocked off Tennessee. They did it soundly as well. So I have to give that to them. Defensively, again, like I've said, one of the best in the country offensively, one of the best to me. You have a few group of teams there. You have Ohio State, Georgia, Alabama, Michigan, all who I think have a top five offense and top or top 10 offense, top 10 defense. Great team. Again, the resume is good. Strength of schedule isn't great. But, again, their biggest competition was Tennessee. It's, hey, can we show up, prepare for this game? And they did. Pass with flying colors. I've got to give that win uh, to Georgia. It has a lot of meaning over which I think is a great Tennessee team. So there you have my top 10. The official rankings come out tonight. We'll see how they line up, how what questions the committee has. Uh, anything questionable does come up. We'll see. I'll talk to you guys later in week. Bye, everybody.